and welcome to the TRU Alumni Podcast, hosted by me, Dustin McIntyre, TRU Alumni Manager and TRU Alumni. I'm joined today by Corinne Brown. Corinne was born and raised in Kamloops, where she attended South Kamloops Secondary before attending Thompson Rivers University, where she graduated with distinction from the Bachelors of Business Administration program. During her time at TRU, Corinne played on the TRU Wolfpack curling team in addition to her regular women's team. Her time and the pack resulted in four CIS accolades, a U-Sport All-Canadian title, and three national silver medals, three Canada West Championships, and a Canada West silver medal. She was the skip of the winning teams at the 2013 Canadian Junior Curling Championship on the World Curling Tour. She has won 2014 Coronation Business Group Classic, the 2016 King High China Women's International, the 2018 King Cash Spiel and the 2018 and 20 Sunset Ranch Kelowna Double Cash. In 2020, Corinne also won the BC Scotties Tournament of Hearts and represented BC at the 2020 Scotty Tournament of Hearts, as well as the 2021 Tournament uh, Scotty Tournament of Hearts. Corinne currently works with the BC Wildfire Wildfire Service, a career that has allowed her to explore different areas of the organization, from dispatch to assisting in the process of testing and app development. Welcome to the podcast, Corinne Brown. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really excited. We've been trying to get you for a while, so thanks for making the time. Um, yeah, really amazing career that you've had so far. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, curling is one of those things that you can kind of do competitively for like a pretty long time, right? So you're still like right in the swing of things and and playing competitive curling and, and really going strong. Tell us about how's it going for you? Yeah, curling is definitely a sport where it doesn't really matter your age. Um, you can kind of do it till from when you're really young to when you're when you're older. There's kind of levels for everybody. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a whirlwind for sure. Um, we we were really busy on tour this year. I think we played in eight events, um, and then on top of that, our, our provincials as well. So definitely a very busy season, and it, it keeps us keeps us out of trouble for sure. And what got you into curling originally? Was it a family thing or something that you were drawn to in a different way or? Yeah, actually, that's how my my parents met. My dad was a competitive curler. Um, he went to the 96 and 97 Briars, so um, kind of the, the men's version of the, the Scotties. Um, so he was very competitive. And then my mom herself uh, played in lots of leagues and whatnot. So it's always been in our family. And uh, I think they got us down there throwing when we were four years old. Um, I initially was on a team with my sister and a couple of friends. And then we joined up um, with another group of girls when I was about six. And one of those girls was actually Erin Pencott, who's also a TRU alumni. And I still curl with her to this day. So it's been a, a wild ride with the two of us. And then we also joined up with um, Sam Fisher, who um, is our lead on our team when we were 11. And we've kind of played with her ever since as well. So definitely have a few players that have some longevity and have some uh, roots deep in uh, Kamloops curling as well. Do you think that benefits your team that you've been together so long? Cause you see some of these like, you know, competitive teams that are almost like super teams. They put together this person from here, this person from here, but you've been with these women for most of your life. Do you think that helps you out? Yeah, for sure. I think you expedite a lot of the process that you would. Um, otherwise I know a lot of teams kind of go through those typical storming, norming, performing sort of phases of, of team development. Um, whereas we were kind of able to expedite that. Um, we did have, some additional um, players like um, Ashley Klimchuk, who's also a TRU alumni. She she played with us for quite a few seasons as well as on the TRU team. And then our current teammate, Desiree Hawes, who did attend TRU for one year. Um, to be able to play with <laughs> we'll, ca- we'll counter. 
I'm perfect. Yeah, yeah. She'll, she's a little bit of an asterisk, but we'll counter for that one. Um, but yeah, like it's it's a lot easier when you do have a bit of a formation with with three of us. Um, and then also we've been playing with Des now. I think I've been playing with her for seven or eight seasons. So we definitely have some longevity on those those teams. And it, it can be challenging sometimes. Because I feel like um, sometimes you kind of blur the lines of friendship and business and, and that can get challenging at times. But I think we've done a really good job of still prioritizing each of our friendships outside of curling and making sure that um, we look after ourselves and, and preserve those relationships as well outside of kind of the business side. Yeah. So maybe talk about the business side a little bit more. We often only see curling, you know, at the big events, the Briar, the Scotties, or if there's a competition kind of in town, but what is the business side of curling and, and how does that work a little bit? Yeah. Um, so we, we have some really, really great sponsors um, that we get every, every season and we have to work hard to get those, those people and make sure that we're re- representing them as well as we can out there. Um, so there is a lot of money involved else. It would be coming, um, out of our own pockets. So we're, we've been fortunate enough that we have been able to get enough sponsorship that it's not coming out of our pockets, but we're definitely not at the level at this point where we can quit our day jobs. We all still have careers and, and have to really balance that. So it can be challenging and, and there's a lot of pressure to perform because there is money on the line and you're spending thousands of dollars every weekend. And if you're not qualifying, you're, you're losing that money. Um, so yeah, it, 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 there's a business side of things as far as kind of how that's dealt with and, and uh, yeah, so it, it can definitely get challenging, but in the end, it's rewarding. And we are in a fortunate position that we, we can do this and we have supportive uh, workplaces as well. Yeah, that, that's awesome. So yeah, talk maybe a little bit about your supportive workplaces. So you currently work for the BC Wildfire Service. Uh, is it the flexibility that attracted you to this job? Like, uh, how did you end up there? And you've been there for eight years. So obviously, uh, it's a good relationship there. Yeah. Um, so initially I, um, got into dispatching, um, in 2014, um, from one of, uh, a woman that I know from, from curling, um, Carla Thompson, also a Terry alumni. <laughs> um, so oh, we're represented strong. I love it. But yeah. Lot, lots of people involved in my life with from Terry. Um, but, uh, so she had been dispatching for quite a while at the air tanker center and just encouraged me to apply because it's a really good summer job. So, um, really your term is basically between April and September. So basically that off time um, when you're done school. So it worked out really well. I did five seasons of dispatching and then I moved into um, prevention. So just a bit of a different kind of avenue of wildfire and then went back to dispatching as a supervisor for a little while. And then now I am um, a junior business analyst with kind of the wildfire one project, which is a bunch of a suite of applications to hopefully better our um, operations. And yeah, I, I definitely made those decisions based on curling. Um, I have a really great supervisor and a really great management team that that really supports it and knows how important it is to me. Um, and I, I definitely arrange my vacation time around for curling. I wouldn't say I've gone on many actual vacations with my <laughs> vacation time over the years. But yeah, I would say I definitely made career choices based on curling. I think potentially I would have gone different routes as far as education or career choices had I not been curling. But obviously, I'm very thankful I'm in a position where I'm able to have a job that pays the bills as well as supports me in my curling endeavors. That's awesome. Um, And then, you know, we're obviously in Kamloops here and Kamloops, not tiny, but we're a smaller center. Um, Did you have struggles with resourcing, uh, coaches, training, practice space? Uh, What did that look like? Uh, Or even still to this day, do you still find those challenges? 
we've been quite fortunate as far as the coaching that we've received over the years. Um, we kind of first started off as, as our dads being the main coaches, my dad, as well as Sam's. And then also had um, some influences like Pat Cotter and Allison McKinnis coached us for many years. And, and now we're actually working with Jim Cotter. So as far as coaches, we've been spoiled as far You've as had some incredible coaches. Yeah. Very incredible. And super dedicated and always willing to give the time. I, I would say that's definitely not an area that we, we struggle with. We've been really fortunate with um, who we've been able to work with and, and, and in proximity. And then as far as uh, facility, the Camels Curling Club has been incredible um, to us over the years. I mean, we grew up there when we were four years old, climbing on top of the lockers and, and hiding in all the different places. We we definitely kind of grew up there and they know us well. And, and the manager, um, Rob Norton, is incredible. And he definitely um, works with us as well as um, Mike Merklinger, the ice maker, to give us all the ice time that we can get and, and really puts out a great surface for us so that we're never really without a good surface. And then we were also thankful to um, the MacArthur Island Curling Club as well. During the pandemic, we were able to use their facility to practice in as well. So we're definitely very thankful for all the facilities in Kamloops. And yeah, I, I'd say that's probably not an area that we have really struggled with. I think um, based on three of us being in Kamloops, for most of our women's teams, if not four of us, we've been really fortunate to be able to practice lots together and have training weekends and whatnot. So uh, yeah, I'm really thankful for all the facilities and also the coaches we've worked at Kamloops. So Kamloops is a great place to become a curler is what you're saying. There's hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, well, what a glowing recommendation for our city. I love it. So yeah, I guess, I mean, if someone wanted to get into curling in Kamloops, how should they start? You know, if they're pursuing high level curling, uh, you know, give, give us some advice. Yeah, if you're, if you're just getting started um, in Kamloops, I would say probably one of the best places to kind of get introduced to the sport will be at the Scotties uh, coming up here. It's one of the top tier events that's going to be held in our city, and it's going to be the best athletes in Canada competing for for gold. So that'll be a really great opportunity to um, just get involved. And there's, there's lots of, um, I think, yeah, great opportunities to get involved throughout those weeks that, that uh, Scotties is here. There's also a patch, which is a really good party atmosphere. So Absolutely. Can you can catch me there. Yeah, totally. Um, so that, that'd be the first place just to kind of get exposed to the game. Um, I believe at both clubs, there's some good kind of get start curling um, programs. Usually they start about October, but I'm sure there's still some some opportunities to be to get uh, involved in the game um, and lots of leagues. Um, I myself, I run the um, doubles league at the downtown club on Mondays. So definitely a good way to, to get involved. If you have a spouse or a friend or whatever, it's just two people you need for the team. So the less daunting than the four person. Um, so you can just get another person and go out there and have some fun. Um, and there's tons of leagues, there's mixed leagues, women's leagues, men's leagues, all sorts of that. So there's definitely a place for everybody and, and lots of um, bond deals to be able to try it out as well. So if you want a humbling experience, you go on Mondays downtown and have Chris Brown <laughs> wipe the rink with you. Yeah, maybe I'll find a different week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, mixed doubles is a bit of a an equalizer as far as okay. Um, yeah, it can it it can be anyone's game. You make one good shot, and the end is kind of decided. So mixed doubles is a little bit. Uh, it yeah, definitely there can be some some dominant teams out there, but I think it it can be uh, a good opportunity for people to get started as well. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so you uh, were at TRU for a lot of years. How did you manage to juggle? Uh, we all work, don't worry. <laughs> How did you manage to juggle being a university student, a Wolfpack athlete, and playing on another competitive team outside of university? 
that's a that's a lot of work. It is. Yeah, I was on the uh, six year roadmap for my degree, <laughs> so definitely took a little longer than um, some might. But it's what worked for me and in, in my schedule for the most part. If we were making a national event um, for the second semester, I would go down to three courses. Is kind of how I would schedule it, um, and I just kind of. I would say I I went into my degree with a kind of set vision of how it would go. And then throughout it, I just kind of had to learn to be a bit more flexible with it. And uh, knowing that it's not the end of the world to drop a course, if it's going to improve your mental health and and be able to kind of manage your time a bit better. Um, So I kind of, I think that was something I wish I had learned a bit sooner because I would definitely beat myself up about not taking a full course load, but I think it's something that it'll, it'll get done when it gets done. And really time management was a huge piece of it. Um, my, what I did in my later years, I got a bit wiser. I only, um, had classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I just loaded those days up. So I kind of had the four day weekend and the Wednesday off. So that seemed to be what worked for me as far as, um, just managing and giving myself some time to practice during the day and and whatnot. So yeah, a lot of time management, I would say without my curling, I think I would have procrastinated a lot more. Um, with my degree but basically when you have a set amount of time that you have to study you kind of have to take advantage of that else you're gonna fail drastically and and being a perfectionist that I am I, I definitely took the time and used the most of it but I would say kind of something I guess recommendation for people is like don't be dead set on the path that you're going to take in school because some something might pique your interest or, or whatever I know I was dead set on being an accountant um, and that did not go well starting in third year <laughs> university. So, um, yeah, just kind of being able to be flexible with that plan and, and not, there's no shame in taking however many years to do your degree. I think it's all about learning and, and getting some really valuable life lessons throughout that education. Yeah. You still graduated with distinction. So I think your path uh, worked, worked, <laughs> worked out all right. Is there anything, you know, uh, of notable mention during your time as a student? Uh, what was one of your fond memories of maybe curling for the Wolfpack? You guys, uh, you know, you got silver medal three times. That's really incredible. That was the highest level uh, TRU had ever succeeded uh, up until this year. So, you know, like that's really incredible. You did it three times. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a little easier to look back on the silvers and be happy about them now, but definitely at the time it was pretty deflating. Um, but I think to represent TRU and to represent Kamloops at that level was really exciting. And I think um, the high or the sorry the universities is actually quite a good stepping stone to get into the women's and men's games because it just bridges that gap a little bit between junior curling, which is U twenty one, to like the women's games. Um, so it was a really nice kind of jump to that because you were playing people that I think that could be up to 30, I think is the, is the age range. Um, so it's nice, just a bit of a, a bit of a jump and, and yeah, it, it really valuable experience. It's cool to be a part of a, a larger team like the Wolfpack and always fun to go to the athletic banquets and whatnot. Um, yeah, it was a really fun time and we were grateful that we had the opportunity to represent the university. Yeah. And I know we're, we're proud of you and the, the accomplishments you had at your time here. And it's, it's really, really incredible. Um, so what are the next steps for you? What do you hope to accomplish in your career? You know, is it, is it getting back to the Scotties? Is it, is it winning the Scotties? Is it going to the Olympics? What, what, where do you, you know, where do you set your bar? I think for every curler that's kind of chasing a dream, it's going to be the Olympics is the ultimate goal for sure. But there's definitely some milestones um, in between there that I want to accomplish. I mean, going back to another Scotties would be awesome and, and winning that would be just a cherry on top as well. Um, yeah, just trying to look at the short-term goals of just 
yeah, getting getting back out there and and uh, making sure that we're doing doing everything we can to to perform our best. And if that means that we get back to the spotties, that's awesome. Um, another goal would be to get back onto the Grand Slam um, kind of tour. Um, we made our first Tier One Grand Slam last season, it, and it really got a got a taste of the good life out there. There's lots of money and lots of points involved in those events, so definitely something that we're striving to to get back towards. So for those of us who maybe are not as knowledgeable in the curling world, what is a tier one Grand Slam? What does it take to get to the Scotties? What does it take to get to the Olympics? Kind of walk us through the process a little bit. Sure. Um, so starting with, I guess, the the kind of tier one Grand Slams would be um, essentially being top 15 in the world um, is kind of that that cutoff, whereas the, the tier two is that next um, kind of 15 to 30. Um, so we've been in a few tier two grand slams and then we got invited to our first tier one last year uh, so it's really exciting and really good developmental opportunities to play the best of the best and like i said lots of money and lots of points involved and um the way you kind of climb the ladder of, of the rankings is by points and winning events and and qualifying so that's how you kind of climb that ladder um and then as far as the scotties um it is either winning your province or territory um, so this year, um, we actually ended up losing the final to go to the Scotties. Um, so there's a provincial every year and or provincial territorial. But there's also some uh, wildcard teams that are invited to the Scotties as well. So those are done based on points. So essentially, all the teams that didn't qualify out of their home province would then um, they would go down the rankings and award them a wildcard spot. So there's kind of two ways to qualify for the, the Scotties. And then the Olympics is a bit of a different process. It's um, the, the curling world is kind of broken out into four year cycles. So you're kind of collecting points throughout this four year cycle. And then with the third and fourth being your most important. So there's a few ways you can qualify for the trials. It's either direct births being that you rank a certain um, you're high enough in the Canadian rankings that you would get a direct birth or you win a certain event that has like a birth spiel. Um, and then there's also the pre-trial. So that's kind of for that next group of, of teams that are didn't quite direct qualify for the trials. Um, and we were actually in the, we lost the pre-trials final last season. So definitely, um, yeah, it's, it's a long process and it's, it's a four year process. So it's nice to not have to kind of hang your hat on one season. You got a few left to go. Um, and this year is the first year of the cycle. So definitely a lot of team shakeups and people potentially playing a lesser schedule just to kind of um, get back into the swing of things. And then it'll be a big push kind of the season's coming forward. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, that's very complicated. Um, and so it's like, you're, you're battling over here, you're battling over here. You gotta, you know, get your team in sync. Uh, that's, it's incredibly interesting. And, and it sounds like you're just, you're right there, Corinne, you know, like we're just going to smash the glass ceiling and <laughs> we're going to get you there. Uh, you know, all of Kamloops is cheering for you uh, and your team and all of TRU is as well. And, and we're really proud of you and it's awesome to, to watch your career and, and we'll keep uh, cheering you on the whole way. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for your time and, and uh, we'll we'll see you in the patch. Yeah, you bet. Sounds good. I'll hold you to that.